Oh, hello. Uh, I think I'm live. Um, I don't know if I'll have anyone watching live. Uh, you have a substitute teacher tonight uh, filling in for Boiler Dad. Um, usually I do audio only when it's my turn because he's clearly the eye candy of uh, Boiled Sports. Um, but um, you've got me. So it's Jay from Boiled Sports to here to talk to you tonight uh, about a wrap-up about the Purdue win over Minnesota to open up the Big Ten. I refer to it as the, the December mini sleep right now. It still feels weird. I don't know if it feels weird for you guys, but like to still have, to have Big Ten games suddenly like just pop up on your schedule in early December. And it's always like two, and then they're gone again for another month. So, and they're, they're important, right, from that that sense of like, you really don't want to start 0-2 or 1-1. Like, it's so nice to start off with a win because – you got two shots at a win here, maybe two wins. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute because Nebraska looks a little better than we thought. Um, and and then you got to go back to non-conference play for a few weeks. One of the things that I had said uh, on the BS group chat was that it felt to me as though if Purdue could win, when we went into that, that weekend up in Oregon, none of us thought, at least at both sports. And I don't think any of you really thought Purdue was going to just run through there like they did. And um, I remember saying to the guys, like, if they do that, suddenly like December's, there's not a, there's not a game in December that's as tough as that tournament. So suddenly you can start dreaming and you know, they're going to drop a stupid one because that's what teams do. That's what everybody does. Um, but you look at that schedule and you're like, man, they could really run through December without losing. And they're already fifth. So, the crazy thing is, if they were to run through December and into the Big Ten schedule in January without a loss yet, they'll probably be one or two in the nation, which is so hard to believe that this team, uh, with everything that they lost, is now literally on the doorstep of that. Um, it's crazy, and I'm always the one who says we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves because you don't win anything in November and December, and I still believe that. But you'd obviously always rather be winning than losing, and this is a lot of fun. So. Specifically about tonight's game or today's game, whatever you want to call it, 5 p.m. Eastern start. Uh, Purdue finally got some rest. Finally got to play back in Mackey for the long for the first time in a while, um, and it was super fun. I mean, that game was never in doubt, um, it, it, and you don't get to say that that often, right? As a as a Purdue sports fan, um, about a conference game and Minnesota. I don't think Minnesota is a bad team, right? They're you're not playing the bottom of the conference, I don't think, um, and they just didn't let Minnesota have, you know, any breathing room, right? They got out to, it was 20 or 22 in the first half. I know it was 20. I, I, it might've gotten to 42, 20. And then Minnesota reeled off seven to kind of, you know, make it respectable sort of at the half. But anytime you can be up, you know, 15 to 20 points at halftime in a college basketball game, that's pretty amazing. Um, you probably all already know Zach Eadie's line, which was insane. 31 points in 30 minutes, 22 rebounds. Um, eight of them offensive rebounds. He had one block. Um, he only had two fouls, uh, which is kind of amazing to me that he's not, you know, I keep thinking the only thing we could worry about is he's going to get into foul trouble, right? That's, that's one of the things that can, can, can derail a big man, right? Is getting into foul trouble. But the nice thing is this team doesn't only rely on him. And, and one of my observations so far this season has been that, you know, when you have a generational talent like Purdue had in Jaden Ivey, it's very easy to think, well, we really got to run the offense through him constantly, right? And teams start to sort of defer to that, right? Because not all programs are like Kentucky or Duke where they've got four and five and six, 
you know, blue chippers on their roster where they're used to sort of sharing that and used to having guys who can step right in there. When you're a program that only gets a generational talent every generation, it's something that, wow, it's hard to get used to. When you have a team like this where everybody knows their role, we've talked about this already at BS, everybody knows their role, everybody doesn't seem to care what it takes to win, they just do what they need to do, you end up with a sort of even distribution, right? So even though people are talking about Edie, and they should, and his line, like I said, 31 and 22, 11 of 23 from the floor, 9 of 10 from the line, it's fantastic. He had more free throws by himself than Minnesota had as a team. Um, but it's it, it almost overshadows the distribution that Purdue had in every other way. So Purdue had five guys in double figures. Purdue had, let me look here, nine players in double figures of minutes, right? So everybody who played, nobody played fewer than 11 minutes, which is pretty cool distribution. Only one guy hit the 30 minute mark and that was Edie. And I'm sure there's a goal here to keep guys like him 25, 30 minutes a game, ideally, right? Let him get his numbers, let him win the game, but then let's not wear them down. Um, Purdue as a team shot 51% from the field. I mean, listen to this, 51% from the field, 89% from the line and 41% from three. I mean, if a team with this level of talent and the number of ways they can beat you is that efficient, there's, there's, I mean, obviously they're going to lose games and I'm not going to sit here and start talking about, hey, there's no way they'll lose. But you know what I mean? If they do those things, they're a very tough out. And that's exciting. That's a lot of fun. Um, so that was really my observation on this game. One thing I wanted to mention uh, before we go any further is it is December. Oh, I didn't start this off in Boiler Down's favorite way of telling you the date and time. And I used to think that was silly, but now I realize it. So, you know, when you're, you know, you, you know, the time of when you're watching this, uh, it is Sunday night, December 4th, right? I don't know what day it is anymore. Um, after the Minnesota game, 10 PM Eastern. And I'd like to thank our sponsors. If you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, you should go to Martin Vintage, uh, enter Boiler at checkout. You get 15% off and uh, go to, Go to uh, AJ's when you're in uh, West Lafayette on Vine Street. Uh, good people, good food. You'll have a good time. Um, I don't see one second here. I'm still learning, everyone. I don't do these lives. You know that. Um, this is really Boiler Dad's thing, but he's traveling. He's on a junket somewhere out west. I think he's. I think he's. Um, I think he's going to a muscle beach in Venice. California. I can't remember. I can never keep track of what he's doing when he's in California, but it usually has to do with oils and tanning and things of that nature. Um, but I don't, I don't ask that many questions. So Purdue now is eight. No, the number five, um, another good week, right? I mean, the, the, the only games this week were the, when you think about the rankings for this week, right? Florida state win, Minnesota win both, both in dominating fashion. One other interesting note they were favored. I looked this morning. They were favored over Minnesota by 19 points. <laughs> and I said to the, in our group chat, I said, I said, man, that feels crazy for a, for a conference game opener, right? When you don't really know the conference totally yet. And Minnesota doesn't seem like a bad team. I said, wow, 19 points is a lot. And then of course they finished winning by exactly 19 points because Vegas always knows. I mentioned Nebraska earlier. Nebraska you know, when you looked ahead at the schedule and you thought, ooh, first two Big Ten games, Minnesota at home, Nebraska on the road, not bad, not bad. Well, Purdue has Hofstra uh, in a few days on the 7th, and then they go to Nebraska on the 10th. Um, 
And Nebraska today knocked off Creighton, who was previously the number seven team in the country and only mustered, I think, 53 points on Nebraska. So, as usual, the Big Ten is going to be the challenge, right, for everyone. Um, it's going to be tough to, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, you know, Indiana, as I'm sure some of you may have noticed, lost to Rutgers yesterday, um, which, you know, felt like an early Christmas present just because of the hilarity of it all. I think Rutgers has won six straight against Indiana now. Um, and that's just the way the Big Ten is. It's a meat grinder, right? You never know. People talk about who's the favorite, and, and a lot of times it's a team. The team that wins it will often be the team that was picked third or fourth or fifth uh, because there's teams like Rutgers out there pushing you or Nebraska surprising everybody. So who knows? Right now, uh, Northwestern has a win. Maryland has a win. Purdue and Rutgers have wins. A lot of basketball to be played. Um, but but the, as I said, they play, let me see here, at Nebraska on the 10th, uh, then Davidson, uh, which will be the uh, lawyer, the, the, yeah, the lawyer matchup. Um, and then they play New Orleans and FAMU before they start their January Big Ten schedule against Rutgers. But fortunately, Rutgers is at Mackey and is not at the rack where they're very difficult to play. Um, that's pretty much everything I think I wanted to talk about on this wrap up. Um, I am not seeing anything in the chat. I don't know if that's, let's see here. Did I do something wrong? You guys just don't like me. I mean, that could really be what it is. I'm used to that though. Um, so we're going up to almost 10 minutes here. Um, yeah, not, not a whole lot more I would add here. I, I think another kind of, um, what's the word? It's, it's, it's a weird, weirdly dominating. If that makes sense. The team is doing a lot right. Um, they seem as though, if I had to describe it, they seem like they're further along. This team seemed like everyone was excited about a lot of these players. But for the talent to be doing what it's doing, the freshmen doing what they're doing, um, is, is pretty amazing. This was the third different game, third, third different player this season had seven assists in a game. So that's, that's a pretty cool stat. Um, and tonight, I think it was, it was Morton, I think tonight who had seven. Let me take a quick look here. Assists. Eight. No lawyer. Sorry. Lawyer had 20 points, eight assists. Uh, he was seven eleven, tidy from the field, two of three, two of four from deep, four of four from the line. Like, you know, and then you have Newman coming in, scoring 13 off the bench in just 20 minutes on 50% shooting, um, 40% from three and hundred percent from the line, three of three. Uh, he threw in a rebound to assist. You know, it, it, I love seeing that contribution. I love seeing them go nine players deep on the rotation. Um, pretty much everybody getting involved. And like I said, five different guys in double figures. So a lawyer getting 20 points in his Big Ten opener is is very exciting. As Anish points out to us, it's reasonable to think these freshmen are going to hit that freshman wall. Right. They're going to get to a point where it's it's more basketball or more intense basketball than they've ever played in their lives. Um, and there's still going to be a lot of basketball left. So prepare yourself for that. But that's the grind of a long 30 something game season and 19, I guess, Big Ten games. It's a grind. You got to find a way to get through it. You got to accept the fact that there's going to be some slow points. As good as it feels right now, you know, there's going to be some low points where you're going to say, man, I don't know where the next point's even going to come from. So I would say just prepare yourself for that. And if it doesn't happen, and they just keep doing this, as Andy Katz today said, he felt like this team, he stated it on the post game, 
the big, that this team is better than last year's Purdue team. He's already ready to say that first week of December. I mean, if you're ready to say that, I'm fine with that. Um, I, I do think it's still a little early to make that kind of a judgment. Um, but man, they're fun. They're fun to watch. Um, I don't think you end up in a situation where I think some of the recent years we have where, where you didn't always know where the points were going to come from, right? You knew you might have a primary score, but then you weren't sure who else would be your, you know, where's the next basket going to come from? This team, it feels like there's so many guys they can swing it around to and they can all shoot now. And that's, that's a really nice place to be. So that's about all. Um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching the stream. Um, and if, uh, you know, if you liked mine more than Boiler Downs, I think you should absolutely let it go. Thank you, everyone.